Welcome listeners to another episode of the Stimulate Run podcast. Welcome back to returning listeners and welcome to those listening for the first time. I hope you managed to catch up on previous episodes and enjoy what is to come. If you have enjoyed the podcast, I ask if you can leave a review, which will make it more visible for others looking for something to listen to. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at iSwinney88 and Stimulate Health. If you have any suggestions for future guests, feel free to send them through to me via direct message. On this episode, at our first husband and wife guests, Nathan and Ashley Cameron. On this episode, Ashley and Nathan share their running journey. Nathan shares a little bit about how starting to train again got him back on track. Ashley speaks about the community side of running and what it means to her. Ashley and Nathan speak and inform us about sarcoma, which is a cause close to them. We talk about 70.3 for Stony, which they've set up to raise awareness for sarcoma. If you'd like to make a financial contribution, please visit the Everyday Hero page which they've set up. There's a link in the show notes with further information. There's also hats for purchase with the slogan, Any Race, Any Pace. This comes for in any race and any pace, you can make a difference for young people living with cancer. The hats go for $20 and a special giveaway for listeners. The first 10 people to mention the podcast will get a box of Rehydrate Sport. So here you go. Enjoy the chat with Nathan Ashley Cameron. All right, so welcome back everyone for another episode. Um, today's episode, we've got a couple. So this will be brand new for us and it'll be great listening. Uh, so today we have Nathan Ash Cameron um, joining us. Is that correctly pronounced, yeah? That's great. Um, all right, so we're going to try something a bit different again. We're going to get Nathan Ash to introduce each other, as I think they'll know each other best. Um, so... Ash, do you want to start off? Sure. Um, I probably won't do it as much justice as um, Nathan's previous Sport FM bios, which, um, to peek behind the curtain, he wrote himself. Um, but I guess in recent history, um, Nathan um, has come to know you, Erwin, um, from his campaigns of uh, attempting to run the Comrades Marathon, um, that 90 gruelling Ks. Um, in South Africa and it sort of um, spun about from I guess a bit of a change in attitude, um, change in life priorities for him and um, health and fitness became the forefront maybe about five, six, seven years ago um, and it's been really nice to ride the coattails and see him change as a person and and sort of commit to that. Yeah, so yeah, Nathan here. Um, so. Ash is my wife and we've been together for, well, married for four years. Um, but yeah, Ash is a very selfless person, um, very dedicated. Um, yeah, she's a very supporting and uh, willing partner. And yeah, I've been very fortunate to have Ash by my side over the last few years while we've been traveling the world doing 70.3 Ironmans and obviously ultra marathons recently. Um, but just in general, yeah, she's very funny and witty and makes me laugh every day. And yeah, she's a, she's a great partner to have. Um, so as you mentioned, I suppose, Nath, this might have not always been your thing. So was it in the last five years, did something happen where you said, all right, I'm gonna become ultra seriously active or, you know, was it something that you always had ambitions to do? Um, I was always active, like growing up as a kid and, and 
was, was participated in some form of like sport or team event, but I just went through just different periods of your life where you, mm-hmm. where it doesn't become a priority and that kind of um, ended up being just, yeah, a, a year where I was out of work and I ended up just putting a whole heap of, heap of weight on and I didn't actually realise um, how bad it was and until um, I was obviously complaining to Ashley quite a lot and she's like, you know, um, I'm actually sick of hearing of this. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to do anything about it, like, stop talking about it. So I kind of saw how much like, how I was affecting her. So then, I yeah, I just started um, going to the gym and just slowly started losing the weight that I'd put on again. And and then that um, manifested into, yeah, meeting, meeting up with some old school friends and started doing some beginner entry triathlon courses and, and it went into... <laughs> serious extreme serious extremes <laughs> after that of yeah straight from the sprint distance to the half ironmans to to ultra marathon so yeah so that's i guess where the last five years has been yeah just started to take it serious but it was good because i was working fifo as well and it just kind of gave you that outlet you needed after work um 12 hours just to you know give you something else to do rather than going back to your room and forming bad habits again of of, you know, previous previous life, yeah. Maybe having a couple of cigarettes or you know drinking or anything like that. So yeah. And you, so you must have always had a bit of a pedigree of some nature to be able to, you know, you weren't learning to swim at a decent level or riding to ride riding to ride a bike. You already had that there to dip straight in. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I really always enjoyed running. That was probably my thing growing up as a kid. Like I played team sports in regards to football and, uh, and basketball. Um, but yeah, running was, running was always something that I found quite easy to do. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess apart from just that year of where I, yeah, I blew out, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't too hard to come back from kind of thing, so. Do you think working away helped with a bit of direction as well? Because even though there would have been temptation in terms of like the food, mm. you could just go in and almost choose what you want every day and night. Do you think you also, the other temptations weren't there? So it was while I'm away for work, I can train when I'm not working? Um, I think Ash could also answer that one for me as well. But I think it was a lot probably to do with mental health mm-hmm. um, and, and, just, and just staying, I guess, present more than anything because it was a very difficult situation for myself, like being a... Uh, apprentice diesel mechanic wasn't my background it wasn't something that I was overly interested in it was more of a means to an end of getting to probably where I am now in like my professional type career um, so that was also the driver was you, you needed to find something else otherwise it probably just would have I just yeah just would have eaten me up yeah being in that environment for 12 hours and then being by yourself for the the next 12 before you went back to work but what would you agree with that Ash? yeah I think so um I think you needed um you're quite outcome focused and so having um a session to do or an uh, event to train for gave you that mental stimulation as well as that physical outlet um but I do think initially you came and watched me do a sprint triathlon and was like, I could do that. And then that's where it started too. Yeah. 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 Okay. That, that kind of leads me into one of my later questions, but 
you guys, you seem like winners, like, and just kind of knowing you for the brief kind of time. Would you say that you're fierce competitors individually? So, like, you, Nath, you seem like you really always want to achieve the best, and everyone does. Mm. But, like, you, you're a winner, right? You want to win everything you put yourself into. Yeah. Um, and Ash, I'd say you're the same. I appreciate it. I take that as a compliment, yeah. but I, I feel like Nathan and I are a bit more like yin to yang. So, um, yeah, you, you're spot on with Nathan. He, when he's in, it's like all the chips are in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. And I guess being a sports fan myself and um, that being my background in terms of what I've studied as well, like I love seeing people excel and push the limits of human performance. But for me personally, um, and I guess this is, stems um is seen in our relationship i find the better outcome watching someone else achieve what they want or being part of that process or you know getting people um involved that either have a fear or feel like they couldn't be included you know there's space for everyone Mm -hmm. um to me winning um times on stopwatches or you know, segments on Strava, that's just one bite of the cherry. There's so much more there um, in terms of sport, in terms of what it teaches you for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose more so to dial in on that side, are you competitors almost with each other? So as if you're playing a game of cards, is it, you know... <laughs> Is, do you there's, know what I mean? Like, there's no love-love. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nathan's like, you're... It's game on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love to win. Like, it's probably just... <laughs> As a kid growing up in a small country town, but the, you always wanted to win. It wasn't until I probably come, and it's quite funny, we're sitting at Scotch and obviously I went, I went to Aquinas. Um, you kind of get into a bigger pool of people and it's like that drive to succeed again to prove to these people that I'm not just a little fish in a big pond. Like, mm-hmm. um, I can do this up here as well. Uh, but one thing about Ash is, is that she's like dedicated to succeed as well but in a different way and it's um it's it's highly admirable that ash will compete to to finish and and to her it's not about position but no no two ways about it like she'll try her absolute hardest to to succeed in that event whatever it might be as best that she can and that's like that's what's most admirable whereas yeah i'm probably at the other end of the scale where it's yeah, I'm trying to push myself to finish as high as possible. You're there to compete, yeah, not I'm just to, to complete. Com- yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like you'll very much throw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. And what happens along that way, Yeah. you'll look back at it. Yeah. It's while you're doing it, it's like, that's where I've got to get to. Yeah. Um, which that was, I was going, also going to say with Ash, like running side, and it's fun for everyone, but it just really looks like pure fun for you. Um, you know, I saw you at City to Surf a couple of weeks back and you were just having a ball. And, okay, you got the responsibility of pacing people, but you look at other people doing that event and it was channel, blinkers on, we're on here. This is life and death coliseum. But everything you seem to do, park run, is fun. And, yes, that's the, the aim behind park run. But like Nate said, you know, where you come and how you go about it, this is why, is that correct? It's pure enjoyment and it's about getting the people around you there? Yeah, I think so. And definitely um, I want to encourage other people to participate because I know how helpful it's been for me, but I also know from 
like a community health perspective, it, it's so important. Um, in terms of me personally, um, I guess I, from seeing not just Nathan, but from seeing other people that I've um, worked with, like clientele or people that you've coached, when they just have the numbers outcome and they sacrifice so much to get there, at the end of the day, seconds can still feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. And it's like, can you not bring, still have your A goal, but let's keep things in perspective and think, you know, yeah, like running from the city to the surf with, I think it was around 15,000 other people, but say, you know, other events where there's 30,000 people, like look at us all coming together. Surely you can still find something that brings joy if you were one minute behind your goal time or if you were 15 minutes behind your goal time whatever it is like don't come away from something um hung up just on that one outcome like it's bigger and better than that mm-hmm. all right well so we find out a bit more about you because we know who you are but i think we haven't we know now we know what you do so you're obviously in the allied health space. Yeah. Do you want to tell us exactly what you do? Because that's a bit under the radar. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I suppose Nathan's how you the use boy, it. Yeah. Poster boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I. So similar to Nathan, like in my family growing up, we were always encouraged to um, participate in sport. And mm-hmm. um, my brother and I were very lucky in that we had the freedom of choice of what we did. So um, we could do any and all sports as long as it was something so um we weren't channeled into and then i guess where you sort of pushed to um excel at, at one area which in some respects would have been handy because that yep. you, you know <laughs> that mode of development in one area would have made me probably really good at something um but so yeah i always participated and it was always um i always did surf life saving so that's extremely community oriented um, and so when it came to finishing school and what I would do after school, it was quite easy for me to decide that I wanted to study human movement, or it was called human movement back then. Um, and so I went to uni and studied that um, and then ended up with the degree in sports science um, and worked for the last 15 years in various settings as an exercise physiologist. Um, then when it came to finishing my uni degree, there was opportunity to stay at uni and do a bit more um, in the research side of things and um, just from a few like changes in our family um, I decided and it was presented to me that I could actually do an exercise research project and people that were having treatment for cancer and um, that didn't go to full fruition but I did spend a number of years um, looking into that and just knowing how even after diagnosis exercise can be such a savior for people when you think if the human body is going through that stress that you know i guess physical battle and exercise can still prove to help them win Mm -hmm. and um, improve survival rates after treatment make treatment easier make the side effects of treatment easier then there's really no reason that someone without cancer can say exercise shouldn't be for me yeah yeah and then what what's your personal view i suppose of where 
say, exercised and even prescribing everything it is at the moment because it's such a grey field. Mm. You know, people walk into a gym tomorrow, get prescribed this, walk into another one the next day and get prescribed the opposite yeah. diet, lifestyle. You know, are you very much about the holistic part or what, you know, how do you look at it? Yeah, I think there's, um, there's de- definitely something for everyone and um, it can feel like a bit of a cop-out when people say, you know, there's a whole lot of individual variation. What suits yourself would be completely different from me and what Nathan responds to would be completely different for the both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the more people championing it, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, should it sit with physiotherapists? Should it sit with exercise physiologists? Should we not be listening to personal trainers? I don't agree with any of that. I think we all need to be sending out um, the same message, which generally we are. And um, in terms of community perception, I guess it's one of those things that people just people do want a quick fix. Yeah. Um, and as you very much know, as a marathon, ultra marathon runner, um, there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of lasting uh, um, benefits, you you really have to commit and make that that mental like promise to yourself that this is for a better version of me which means a better version of me for my family and all those other things find your why and then the commitment won't be as hard yep so nath have you used a resource mate like having somebody in the house (laughs) because sometimes it can be you almost go against because you've got someone right there yeah um it's so common where you go no well i don't believe you or you know you'll argue your point so was that ever a factor or were you just well I'm gonna take everything she knows as a sponge and go with it um I'm extremely lucky that Ash um has all this knowledge and probably to my detriment I haven't been as much of a sponge I've tried to like listen as much as I possibly can and learn but I am heavily reliant on on Ash in in nutrition and and that area um I guess I've started to form my own little bit of feeling around it like recently um, but when it first came in in regards to like diet and even like race planning nutrition and um, healthy eating and so forth yeah we we definitely tried different options um, yeah you'd, but, you'd listen you'd, yeah. you'd listen and you'd like agree with I guess the principles of what we were aiming for but it was more like again you were coached on it you weren't learning the the full reasons why to then yeah. to then take that um, and be able to execute it yourself. It was more like, all right, this is what we're doing. I'm on board. Yeah. 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 Okay, so there was never... Well, then, what if something didn't work, though? Was <laughs> <laughs> um, It probably didn't work because I... when I will say for racing-wise, when it came to, like, Ironman, you... He didn't listen. No, I didn't didn't listen and I probably didn't take on the nutrition. So then at the back end of those races, you'd start to cramp or, you know, you you just exhausted yourself and and so you get to that phase where they refer to as bonking and not full bonking because you can actually finish, but, yeah, you can't finish to the, like, your full potential, which which took a few years to, like, kind of get get you wrap your head around a bit that how how important it actually is even in any, like, in those scenarios, but... To, to train with it, learn to teach yourself how to use it, learn what's right for you and and look for alternative methods of um, 
more natural type substances to 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 take rather than relying on the gels that you get in a packet it's just when you travel overseas it's just so hard or it's a bit more time consuming to take everything you need from home transport mm -hmm. it over find a blender to blend it all up and like <laughs> create it all so you do fall back on those on those easy use convenience. yeah convenience energy systems to to see you through on a on a race day but um at home i think we've yeah probably not so much in the last like year but previously yeah we we looked at alternative fueling systems and nutrition strategies and um like high fat low carb mm -hmm. which yeah i think it's a it's a good lifestyle choice anyway yeah um but that that seemed to work work well for us yeah. And it's the pure benefit of having the educated approach and then oh, I'm going to give it a go and see how it works. If it doesn't, then, well, this is the proof. Yeah. Um, whereas you get a lot and in our kind of game, you're, oh, you're running with that new gel. Oh, I'll go give it a go. Mm. Well, why? Oh, because you run really fast, so it must be good. <laughs> it's like, well, it doesn't. It's not always the case. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to see if there was ever, like, a pushback to see... But you don't have to justify yourself. It's not like you'd have to go, well, hang on, mate, I've done a degree in this, so you've got to listen. Um, no, but, yeah, but just recently... Um, so I'm, I'm not a fan of, like, the real toffee, thick kind of gels, and I reiterated that to myself yesterday on that long run. I tried one, and I was like, yep, that's not for me, so that's fine. But it never reacted badly within my system. I'm like, never taking that on the run. <laughs> um, but... Um, just, yeah, leading up to like last year's training, this year's training, um, Ash, we, or Ash started looking into like dual pathway, uh, fueling strategies for, for those types of gels that you would take on a race. So that was good because I, that, I don't, I don't have that knowledge, but mm -hmm. then Ash, I guess, educated me and I was able to like, I guess, learn what was in those gels and what it was actually doing within my system to try and maximise what you're actually taking so you don't have to take bulk amount of it you can yeah still aim for that 60 70 grams of carbs per hour so but you can do it more by having, yeah more efficiently yeah and yeah. that's you know that's the, the the luck of having you know all these new gels developed and they like that all that nutrition is constantly being evolving compared to what it used to be yeah great yeah um in terms of traits that the other one has that you don't if you could give me two and why you'd want to take that trait from the other person. Mm. <laughs> wants to get this might cause some issues <laughs> on the drive over. <laughs> I think Ash might. I'm hoping that she'll say one about me. Um, two traits. Um, uh, well, the one that, that immediately comes to hand is just Ash is extremely selfless and she'll put other people first um before she puts herself first and um like to me like that's one of her one of her greatest qualities and i probably like as if self-criticism i probably don't have that as much as as much as ash like i definitely like do value other people um but ash you know she always puts herself second and, and others first uh, so that's that's one quality that I'd I'd like to have more of from Ash. Um, and what would another one be? Um, yeah, I you know you've got well, like ten going through your yeah, head that you have that he does. Uh, <laughs> well, just recently, um, 
Ash has 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 run every day for over a year, right? So the consistency to get out of bed and do that every morning or every afternoon. Um, when we flew into South Africa for Comrades this year, it was that afternoon in Durban, you know, when you're extremely tired, mm -hmm. she still went for a run. Even though she'd run probably 20Ks on Comrades Day herself, like chasing me up and down the course, she still got home that night and run the her you know two or three k along along the beachfront before we went out for dinner and you know um i enjoy exercising but she's definitely more more dedicated and consistent <laughs> than me in that sense so yeah you know that's a you know an extremely good trait as well um for me the one that's always stood out um that i'm envious of nathan is that he doesn't sweat the small stuff Mm -hmm. And that's in all aspects of life, but I guess in um, in sport, you know, when the going gets tough, he'll just he just finds a way and keeps going, um, and that's something that a lot of people, and particularly me, have to train for, is that ability to suffer and to not let your mind escape you. Um, whereas, yeah, he's like, this is what I got to do and I'll go and do it, um, which, yeah, I'm extremely envious of. Um, and then the another trait, um, which I think we, we both have, but is um, Nathan's would get tested more often than not, is that as much as he does commit to, um, you know, these sporting events, he, there's no big noting about it and I guess it, it, it um, these days the funny thing is like how do you know that a marathon runner's marath running a marathon is because they tell you about it every mm -hmm. chance they get and like as much as Nathan loves to talk about running shoes or distances or anything like that with someone that would want to talk about it he spent he preferred to talk to you about your family and about yep. you know all that other stuff so it's not um, any chance he gets to say you know I've done a such and such hour marathon or I've competed at the 70.3 Ironman World Championships or you know whatever it is it's um he's even though winning is everything it's it's not about showing everyone mm -hmm. what he's done I thought you were going to say napping <laughs> that yeah. he likes to nap he's like the best he's, sleeper and loves because Nathan is the fittest lazy person I know <laughs> do you think that interest in other people and the interest in other people achieving makes you a better athlete because it also relaxes you away from always thinking about this thing. And that's only something I kind of found out recently. Yeah. When I was younger, it was like everything I was doing was about that game on a Saturday, you know, mm. not doing anything else. And you were too intense. And I look back now and go, geez, how were people even around me? Yeah. Um, so do you think it has made you a better athlete? I think recently it probably has. I think probably within the last um, period of time, I was still that athlete, and um, I personally sacrificed a lot to get into those races. And yeah, like I said, make make the world champs. Um, but then Ash also like had to give up a lot and um, you know miss out on on doing certain things because I was that highly strung athlete of trying to achieve these goals and and it wasn't probably until recently that I it was kind of more came like that I actually saw it and and realized like how much of an effect that that did have like that 
um, on on her, but on us in a, in a relationship. But then also, as you, I was doing so much solo training that you kind of just get sucked out of that world of training with groups and just seeing how different people do it. And then it wasn't until yeah, we I started running with, or you know, meeting the the C team C team guys and just. I guess talking to them about their experiences and why they were running to achieve their goals and you're like, oh, you know, maybe it's not all about like winning and it's not all about um, that goal time and it is about fun and you can still achieve, um, you know, like great results without being that highly strung yeah. athlete and, and sacrificing as much as what you, what you previously had. Is that... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It makes total sense. What are you... So you kind of, you've jumped a bit in different events and distances. What do you feel is your best event? And then where are we going from here? Um, I'm not sure. I don't have a current goal. And it's I'm a little bit like a... What's the ship in the ocean? Or, you know, like the, the saying of like, you lost a little bit of direction, but... I was so, this is a personal thing and it's like I was, I felt like I was so cooked mm-hmm. after almost five years of like relentless activity after getting to that point of where like I need to get fit again mm-hmm. and then going to like all the way to a back to that comrades but I just didn't have any, didn't give my body any rest, didn't give my brain a rest and then it kind of got to the week before comrades and I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, before I'd even run the race, like I'm having these battles in my head. I'm like, this is not the taper is not working, or the taper is not where it should be. And I'm like, this is. I knew it was going to be a struggle when I got to the starting line on that day. I was like, it's going to be a struggle. And like, yeah, I got to the end. It was a respectable time. Like we finished, um, won an amazing medal. But yeah, I left a lot of time out on the course, and that was a personal thing as well as other other factors. Um, but yeah, I kind of am enjoying having a rest, but I'm also still trying to figure out what the next thing is. And it's not gonna be another Comrades next year, mm-hmm. which, uh, which is okay. Um, I do have a couple of thoughts on, on things I'd like to do, but I'm, I'm not confident in- Sharing them? Oh, have you told that shit? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I'm not confident not in telling that. my wife. <laughs> no, because I'm not confident if like, I'm ready to commit to, to that level of, of training again and whether I just, yeah, want to just try and rediscover that mm-hmm. um, love of running for fun rather than for competing and maybe that would be trying to find an event that it's like, yeah, let's just do that for fun and yeah um, rather than, than that. So, um, 90's pretty tough. It's mm. like, as you were aware, 90's, it's a tough day out there. Um, so... I'm yet to run a, like a competitive marathon. The only marathons I've run have been pacing, training, or as a qualifier for Comrade. So I haven't had a full crack at one of them. So maybe it might be around that 42 mark yeah. next year. Um, and what's your PB, marathon PB? 3.13. And that yeah. is in a build-up or as a qualifier? That was just as a qualifier. So I ran that a couple of years ago at City to Surf. Mm-hmm. And... I had the um, world champ Ironman two weeks later, so you couldn't really go too hard on that day. It was just about qualifying 
getting a, a B qualifier for Comrades and then focusing on, on world champs after that. And yeah, it didn't really go to plan. So it was, I got the time, which was fine, but my feet were absolutely destroyed at the end of that race. And I wasn't able to run until probably three days before world champ Ironman. And yeah, kind of just, yeah, didn't really have a great day out there, but it was an awesome experience. Like it was a fantastic experience to get there. And yeah, half Ironman's a lot of fun and still got a lot of friends in it. So maybe I might make my way back there again some stage, but. <laughs> and it's, it's a fair build up though. And it's not just about you. Um, so when you, because as an individual, you have to decide that you want to do this. But then you're also thinking, okay, well, how is this going to impact us as a couple? How do you go about, can you give us an idea how you go about that? Like, do you just walk in the drawer and go, doing comrades tomorrow, Ash? You're in, you know, like always at a, a team discussion where you go, hey, look, I've got some interest here. Hey, how does this impact us? Do you, will this work? There's a lot of factors. Yeah. Um, yeah. How does that work for you guys? Yeah. Do you want your version of events or mine? I'll briefly give mine. Okay. So at the end of last year's comrades, I was like, never doing this again. And then we're on the plane down to Cape Town and I whispered to Ash, pretty sure I could do that again. <laughs> and yeah, there was a lot of, lot of death stairs coming. If there was an exit hatch there, I think I would have been pushed out of it. <laughs> um, and then I was like, nah, I don't, I don't need to do it. And then eventually um, something happened at, um, you know, that, to where Ash was previously working and then she came home and she's like, look, you know, I think you should have a crack or, you know, have another go. Um, so that was, I was like, okay, no worries, well, thank you. I'd, love to, I'd like to do that again. And you're like, how the hell did that work out so <laughs> yeah. easily? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I think, yeah, for the, for the next event, whatever it might be, there needs to be a, a more of a discussion on, on what it might be. I think my major problem is, is like, I love Africa. <laughs> and I love travelling there and I've got friends there and, and it's like just draw it just sucks me in like a like a big magnet um, so I have to try and find somewhere that's like in Australia or somewhere else but what do you think Ash? Well, so my version of event which is on the correct side of reality was that um, yeah three probably three years ago now maybe a bit more um, Nathan had um, done his first half Ironman down in Bustleton and um, yeah like we, we had spoken about earlier it was such a great outlet for him um, physically and mentally and he really enjoyed it and I guess the what a lot of West Australian triathletes would feel is that they really only have one race so you put in all this training and it's not like um, the East Coast or overseas where you can duck about and there's probably, you know, six weeks later another half Ironman to compete in. So Nathan said, um, I want to go back to Bustleton um, and give it a like red hot crack. Then conveniently the next closest half Ironman is in Durban. So how about we take the bike over there and... Um, race the 70.3 and um, then put the bike away, train for comrades, which um, he'd heard about as like a bit of a pipe dream mm -hmm. when he was traveling there probably like 10 years ago, if not more. Um, and so there'll be a couple of half Ironmans and the um, comrades attempt and 
let's do it to try and raise some money for um, a cancer that's unfortunately um, quite underfunded. And so I knew that I was in for a two year thing here and, and that was okay because as I said, I, I, I like seeing, seeing people do this and, and particularly with triathlon, you've got to train the three disciplines and so professionally it's like quite intriguing to me. Um, then um, he fell off the bike at Bustleton and so got his first ever DNF and I was like, so that race hadn't, day hadn't even finished and I was like, well, we'll be coming back, won't we? Because you can't, <laughs> you can't leave unfinished business there. Um, and then so it was like, all right, all, all eyes are on Durban and, and so he was quite dialed in for that too and, and that was um that was like quite a fun, although stressful, like traveling first time for triathlon with just the two of us. Um, it was quite fun to do an event overseas and um, the planets aligned, if you would, and um, Nathan was offered a, like a roll down slot for world champs. And um, I probably had that like spectators high. If you get a runner's high, you get a spectator's mm -hmm. high. And I was like, God, when are you going to get this chance to compete at? Um, world champs for this even if you say you know I'm going to take a couple of years off the bike and swimming and yeah. stuff you're then in a competitive age group and so that's sort of how I was thinking it like you know all these thoughts were going through my head down the track and it's like Nathan you've got the opportunity to go to America where they'd put on like such a good show for Ironman and this one though you'll be going to complete it not to compete in it because mm -hmm. obviously they're handpicking everyone in the age group but yeah why not um really why not we're so fortunate that we were in the position where um you know he could go and and compete in that and then yeah and then it was um comrades time and lots of running and running and running and i think the safety of i don't know how many however many thousand feet when he told me that he'd do it again um it was the only thing the only reason that he's living and breathing that it probably would have been a federal <laughs> offense if i'd killed him on the plane um and, but yeah, then um, I had met this like, incredible lady and um, she was such a beautiful person, like th for many, many aspects of her personality and, and just the way she sort of carried herself and, and helped her community. And a week later, um, after me seeing her completely fine, what appeared to be fit and healthy, um, I had a phone call to say that she had brain cancer. Wow. And so it's like, who am I to say to Nathan, you know what, that you can't go for a back-to-back -back comrades just because I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Like, again, we're very fortunate that we're in the position that um, he could afford to travel there, that, um, you know, you, you would see the people that you're lining up against, um, those 20,000 others or thereabouts at comrades, they're coming from all different walks of life and Nathan's would have definitely been a much more fortunate circumstance. So yeah who am i to say you can't do it so um lace up <laughs> we're in i'll kill you later but yeah. we're in. <laughs> yeah. it's a funny event though because personally for me i've done one with heaps of family that like coming when my parents came for the first one i had family there second one i flew in solo so i had family there it was great but just the thought of you know your wife and what, eight month old back here Mm. It worked for the balance, but you go, oh, we'll never do this ever again. Is was it? Could you go by yourself, or did you like? Do you really need Ash there? It sounds from the recount you've given us, yeah, like she almost kept you 
well and truly grounded and yeah definitely yeah yeah um this year i think i was probably less anxious than i previously had been on other previous events um might have only been like the day before that i was started to get a bit antsy previously i think i'd yeah she definitely has kept me grounded but yeah we are we are a strong team like <laughs> we're better together um if i had to go by myself i'd give it a go um but that would only be if like ash couldn't 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 make it for for any other particular reason but i wouldn't be saying to her no like don't come yeah but, um yeah no we definitely make a, a really good team but if if we ever went back then yeah it would be a different another different kind of scenario again of how it's previously been for the first two so um just this year um compared to last year i, I could there was a point in this year's race where um yeah we just stopped on the side of the road and just had a cry and and that was the point where i was like you know this is putting a lot of stress and emotional strain on on the person that you care so deeply about and it's like I, yeah it was kind of a point where i was like i don't really want to put ash through that again and kind of was like well if i ever did come back well you'd have to run the race differently and i wouldn't force ash to or not force but i wouldn't ask her to second me the way that she had done in 2019 2018 or you know just try and carry as much as i could and just take stuff from from the side you know from from the actual course itself so mm -hmm. and then just leave ash to spectate it and not have that stress of meeting me in locations freeing her up to run <laughs> um, I'll let you run that battle. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think running and I suppose your triathlons have taught you about yourself? Um, probably, I guess, yeah. So I back in 2007 uh, um, and previously hadn't probably made the greatest life choices in regards to um, recreational drugs and, and different things and, and went in and I had like a few um, anxiety or what I found out to be anxiety attacks and uh, and different things so running became an outlet for like mental health um, issues uh, and and kind of keeping me focused on when I wasn't feeling really good like I could go and the freedom to to run and just having clarity where you were by yourself to not think about anything and just kind of you know cleanse yourself of the stresses of a day or um, anxieties of not feeling 100% like mentally because yeah you're not too sure where you are in in life um, and then that's also I guess gone on to yeah just wanting to be fit and healthy and be the best person you can because like Ash said like there is so many benefits to to physical activity no matter what type it is um, to I guess to your mental health, but to also, you know, to live a longer and and, ha and healthier life. Um, I've kind of forgotten the question now. No, no definitely spot on. You've answered but, it. So yeah, uh, Ash. In terms of your run, your run streak, where did this all start? Was it just, well, I'm going to do this, or Nathan's running, so if I want to spend time with him, I'll have to <laughs> run as well, which doesn't turn out that way because I can't run as fast as him. Um, so. Yeah, I guess as Nathan um, kindly explained about me, like I, I love a 
a personal challenge um, of any sort. And um, a couple of years ago, I just saw online that um, Runners World in the US have just set up a virtual run streak where they encourage anyone and everyone to sign up online and you just log a minimum of a mile every day from mm -hmm. Thanksgiving until New Year's Day. And I thought, oh, that would be kind of funny. You know, some days at that stage at work, I was finishing at seven o'clock at night. So it's like, I'm gonna be just, you know, out trying to clock a mile or more, you know, at all fandangled times a day. Um, yeah, and I stuck to the streak and I did it. And um, it just showed and proved to me that um, it's just time management. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can fit these things in um, if you make them a priority and if you plan for it. And so, yeah, just over a year ago, I thought, um, what if I could run every single day for a year? Um, and the same sorts of things, knowing that there'd be long haul flights that I'd have to um, work around. There'd be, you know, days of terrible weather. There'd be days of brilliant weather. There'd be, you know, your common cold, different sicknesses and that sort of stuff. Um, and I just gave it a go and then the days ticked by and yeah, last week I went past day 365 and we're still streaking. Wow. And we're just going to keep going with this or? I feel like it. Yeah. And there's not, you, so you had a set limit um, because that's where you got the idea from, but you've extended obviously because yeah. you know you do park runs and. Yeah. So how far are you going to extend here? Like. <laughs> No, I'm not signing. I do not need a qualifier. Um, so yeah, I set my this time around. I set my minimum as two um, k's. I would have, uh, again, ideally, I would have loved to have done five k a day for 365 days. But just little niggles and um, yeah, mainly injury niggles just meant that I really did need to have a recovery day. Mm -hmm. And so two k um, is is quite feasible. Um, I was hoping that in um, October when we run into that stadium, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be finishing a marathon. But um, yeah, again, it's it just hasn't turned out that way in terms of um, the training that I've been able to get under my belt, um, which was was really disappointing when, you know, I knew I knew for weeks that it, it was the, it would be the case, mm -hmm. um, just of considering how I was pulling up after each run. But then I think as a runner, when you, when you come to that clarification that you're not going to get to the race that you want to, um, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, you know, still with perspective um, and knowing that there's always another marathon mm -hmm. in Western Australia, particularly Australia, there's another race you can sign up for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that gets me to where I was kind of going to. A marathon, that's something you want to tick off, right? By the sounds of things. Um, okay, so why? Yeah, like why? Like what's the interest there? Because you're kind of also saying, well, I'll just do it to do it and yeah. be part of the community. But you do have that goal, a little bit of a flame that wants to do a marathon. Yeah. And then how do you also regress then and go, okay, I'll put it on the shelf, it's done. I'm not going to continue to do them. Or do you want to continue to do them? So... I, uh, when Nathan did um, Bunbury in the first Comrades Prep, mm -hmm. I ran the marathon there. Um, I knew what I was signing up for, but needless to say, the um, it was no marathon major in 
in terms of like course side entertainment. We yeah, we do. I was going to say, yeah. no offence to Bunbury. No offence at all to Bunbury. <laughs> but, um, you know, and that in itself was a lesson that um, the marathon is a mental game. Mm-hmm. Like, you've, you've done the case, um, ideally, that your strength and endurance is there. But if you've got to run effectively four loops of Bunbury where they've sort of closed the road Mm -hmm. you know they have but you're not you've not got spectator support or anything like that um you know there's brilliant um you know i think some of the local sport clubs and stuff like that had set up um tables and drink stations and stuff which was fantastic that they could get that regional community involved um but it's you and your mind saying i can keep going i can keep going i can keep going um, and yeah, my, my race day didn't go to plan. Um, I really enjoyed the training of long distances and the yep. Sunday morning long runs. Um, so I guess that's the appeal to me is that I want to do the training. I don't really care about the race. Um, yeah, I'd love to come away with a better time. So somewhere on the internet, it says Ashley Cameron has run a whatever marathon. Mm. Um, but yeah, I want to run with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I want to well, run those distances with people and, yeah. and you just have that banter and, you yeah. know, train. Yeah. I was going to, like, the marathon, and you only learn this after a while, that you actually, I personally get more out of the training. Mm. Mm. And I suppose the faster you go and the more likely you go, well, that's a really good goal. If I can get that, then you go come and dial in. But even comrades training, mm. you do all this training with mm. the same amount of group of people every week and it's a team sport, even though you're individually going out to compete. But after comrades, you fall off a cliff, and then you it's such a massive takeaway. Mm. And you go, well, where am I getting my escape and mm. my counselling mm. session? And so, But I think you only learn that after a while. Like you said previously, you know, your yeah. first one, you're very much almost by yourself. And then you go, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to open up a little window here. Mm. Um, and I think... Park run's a great example of that mm. because you got people turning up, you know, hundreds of people turning up for one event and who cares how long you take. But yep. I've mentioned to a few other people, the person who wins park run will pretty much stay all the way till the end person comes in. Yep. Whereas you go to a 5K road race, mm. the winner will get there, how long do I have to wait for my prize and I'm out of here. Mm. Yep. And something taken away from that person, but the community aspect is a bit yep. less. Um, yep. So... Like, Ash had a, a good lesson in, in pacing, like, pacing strategy that day. But you only get that from actually doing it, mm-hmm. you know. Like, you can, you can pace in training and you can do all these things, but then you get onto race day and all of a sudden you just get sucked in. Yep. Next thing you know, you look down your watch and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's, you only get that from, from experience of, of running that distance or racing or whatever it whatever yeah. it might be and yeah like it happen a few more times yeah like every time you get to halfway and go oh it's great let's just open the taps for another 10k's yeah. and yeah keep burning those matches <laughs> um how do you guys maintain balance so obviously you exercise but what else is there that you do outside of work that kind of keeps you balanced hang out with our dog <laughs> <laughs> hang out with our dog um what do we do ash you like, do you, do you do a date night? Is it about 
all right, we're doing pizza and beers Friday night. You know, it's something that just gives you that feel-good factor in your escape. Yeah, I guess um, in the, the the second year, like the the um, World Champs Ironman year and then the Comrades Prep, um, all the chips were in. So our very much our our social life our finances our diet was had the outcome had Mm -hmm. was in place for running or for training or something like that and we both made that um decision and i wasn't going to bring a packet of m&ms into the house um because it's just that's i guess that's just my level of support is that yeah i don't have to probably physically or for want of a better word sacrifice as much as Nathan did but um we made the decision together and so yeah a lot of that stuff slid by the wayside and it and it was very much um like Saturday night was steak sweet potato and salad every Saturday night um for I don't think six months is an exaggeration because Nathan knew on comrades night or the night before world champs you'd be able to get that meal you'd know you can digest it or Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff and then go so um yeah it took over and um we coming out the other side and even during that process we knew we knew what the focus was that there was such a strong focus um and that we would lose other aspects of um yeah, those enjoyable things, but um, we, I, th- I still don't think we ever took it to something unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this comrades, obviously Nathan had, again, very much an outcome that he wanted, but also wanted to ensure that he maintained, um, you know, the quality in his friendships that maybe. Um, was sacrificed ever so slightly and um, yeah just had a bit more relaxed outlook on the whole process and in the hope that the race would be a bit more relaxed too Mm -hmm. but yeah but we'll always take Frank out for a walk and yeah we'll try and at least you know go out for dinner you know once a month or something like that and yeah definitely try and make an effort not to be so hung up but yeah we we hang out a lot (laughs) (laughs) so that's good you know like ash is my best mate so you know i've got like male best mates but you know ash is my best mate and that's why she's my wife as well so all right so if i wanted three tips so someone walks up the street to both of you and says i want to get into the events that you've done where do you go what do you give them what do you share well, my my events personally are park run so go to the website and make a barcode <laughs> um no yeah for me um i think that there's this huge perceived barrier that you can't you're not a runner until you can run or you know you need to do all this training on your own almost in secret beforehand before you should go out with a running group or let someone know of your goal or whatever it might be and um yeah like i've said to you and and you sort of um replicate the idea that the power is in um 
is in the community and is finding those other people to do it with and, and that's what's actually going to be enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, I'd say reach out to someone, um, whether they inspire you or whether you just know that they, they, you know, do some sort of running event or triathlon or, or something like that. Might They might just be doing it for fun as well. Um, reach out and and see when you can come along and just tag along and see what it's about there's no once you go to one session it doesn't mean you've committed for the rest of your life and you have to spend every Sunday in like right like it's not like that at all um and and just know that um you can allow yourself to start slowly mm-hmm. and um just dip your toe in and and see if you like it um and it might just be running you might like the the aspect of swim bike run um you might just like um swimming you know there's a huge um open water swimming calendar in perth at wa now so th- there's plenty for everyone and um for the most part people that are in the community um if you want to phrase it that way aren't there to keep other people out mm-hmm. like there there's space for all of us yep I think that's a big one because a lot of it's like every sport, right? Every sports club, you people go, oh, I'm, I shouldn't be hanging around with that group, yeah, because that's like the elite part of the group. Um, but that's what I found. It's just, it's a bit different, and you've just almost got to jump in. Mm. Um, that's the yeah. way it's going to be. Can you add on that as a partner of a runner? <laughs> some advice for them. Good so luck. if their partner walked in the door and said, "Tomorrow I'm running a 21." I'm going to start training for a 21 and then a marathon. You know, what can you share? That will kind of just help them a little bit. Yeah, I think, um, again, it's how you want that partnership to work. But um, on one side of the coin, don't be hesitant to then come and set your expectation as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, great, they've got this goal, but actually still... Uh, on a Sunday by 10 o'clock I want you home so we can have our family cup of coffee or, yeah. or whatever it is you don't have to limit the time spent or who they run with or, or anything like that but just make little um, promises or commitments to each other that you're still going to have like you said that that bit of fun that's not running related um, and on the other side of the coin um, someone um, put it really well in this article that I read where um, they talked about running third. So for them as a runner, they run for their health and well-being, um, but they're also out there because it makes them a better person for their family and friends. So they run for themselves first, they run for their family or their significant other people in their life second um, because it no- they know that they can be, at, when they're fit and healthy and running regularly, um, they can be a better partner in those relationships Um, but then maybe even what about run third and I guess for for Nathan and I it's um, pretty transparent that yeah we run for sarcoma research Um, and so run third is that you can have your own goals and you can run to be a better person for your immediate um, networks but what about running for people that can't and sometimes it's that that run third aspect that's actually going to get you across the line that could be your why when it's you wake up this morning and the alarm goes off and you don't want to go to the gym Mm -hmm. it's like well actually you know I've got something next that I want to do and 
I know to get there, you know, that goal might seem so far away, but I've got these little steps in place and, and I'm doing it for these reasons. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, you, you're spot on there. And, you know, if you're going to give someone three tips from, yeah, recent learnings as well, it's solo training is hard. So definitely go and find a group to, to run with or to train with. And within that group, you'll find people that are at the same ability as you are. And then, you you know, there's always just the good banter you have by, by being around people. Um, you know, keep, keep perspective. Don't, don't go straight straight to the long stuff. Um, it's hard, like triathlon, especially in WA, um, because Bustleton was such a big draw card. People would go, like myself, do a few sprints and then bang, straight into a 70.3. But you do need to allow yourself time to like build a base to then be able to have a have a better race than than just going straight into it and and so forth and and just seek out some proper advice in regards to um like like running shoes Mm -hmm. yeah probably if if that's your choice if you are if if in this example we're saying running like yeah potentially go and speak to a podiatrist and and ask them to look at your feet and get the right shoes recommended for you because if that's your tool, if your shoes are your tool, then you want to make sure you've got the right ones on your feet because it could all go pear-shaped otherwise. So that would be, but that would be my three tips on. What about if you were giving tips to a new runner on how this can impact their relationship? Um, tips to a new runner. <laughs> Sign up, deal with the problem after. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I think you just you have to be open and honest, and I think I had been open and honest with Ash in regards to what what the goals were, and 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 like Ash mentioned, yeah, we run for sarcoma, and there was always that. Whilst there were physical goals of completing and 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 competing in these events, there was also a greater goal of of trying to raise awareness, and there was always another thing to that um of of why we're doing it um but yeah to a new runners yeah probably just like keep keep perspective like be honest about your goals and um and like say try and just keep as much balance as possible and yeah cool i normally do this part a bit differently where you're almost giving your younger self or taking advice if I was going to say, Ash, you could give some advice to younger Nathan, <laughs> what would it be? Um, well, I know the advice I give myself. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because really if, if Nathan um, hadn't made the choices that he'd made, we, we would never have met. And, and that's um, like the honest truth. That's not like some Hollywood version mm-hmm. of our story. Um, and... Yeah, I can remember um, my reflections on on meeting him and I guess hearing about, um, you know, what he'd been up to, but more so when my friends um, had met him, they would say, like, this isn't the sort of person that Ashley would date or, or whatnot. Um, but it... Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't change any of it. 
um, because we wouldn't have met. If he wanted, if if he wants a silver, I probably would have said, <laughs> I probably would have said like do some consistent running, you know, from 10, you, 15 yeah. years ago. So you you actually now hitting your strides at almost forty and could you know comfortably get there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from a professional hat, from an exercise physiology <laughs> point of view, maybe um yeah less partying, more exercise. Yeah, less yeah. partying and um yeah start running yeah. or run home from the party or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Should we put a clause in here for what you're about to say, <laughs> potentially? Or <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good enough. Um, no, no. I'd, yeah, I'd probably give myself the the, the advice of you know um, probably make some better life choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't overly driven as a young adult. Yeah. Um, and kind of just had a very carefree and lax attitude. So I think yeah, I'd probably give myself the advice of yeah. Yeah. I won't go into the exact words, but I'd give myself some better advice to make some better life choices. And, you know, I love all my friends and I've loved the experiences that I've been able to, to have from all of those things that I've done. But, yeah, probably just make some better life choices. But, um, yeah, like Ash said, I, I wouldn't know what um, what advice to, to give young Ash. But because, yeah, I think that Ash has always been, like, highly driven and... Um, yeah, or, you know, has always been a beautiful person. Like, how, I don't know how you, well, what other advice I can. What advice would you give yourself, Ash? Um, <laughs> choose one sport. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's that quality um, that I'm so envious of, of Nathan is, yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. And, you know, people say it to you from time to time, are you going to worry about this in five years? And, at the time when you are worrying like yes I am because I'm stressed out right now um but really um to learn those tools mm-hmm. um to cope with yeah whether it's work stress or um yeah injuries that injury setbacks in terms of sport or anything is is yeah make yourself skilled at being resilient I guess if you took results out of it right mm. Who's the better athlete out of the two of you? Still this is the, bigger, the big picture, though. You know, we'll complete the sessions the way they're supposed to. We'll complete a session. Um, would, it, would you still say him? Or he's very apprehensive here. Like, I, in some ways, yes. I think, um, I think we both, um, yeah, tick the box um but well once nathan has a plan in front of him he he wants to see green green squares on training peaks like he'll do um whatever it takes to get the session done and as accurately um as possible um and will be consistent i guess if he has to motivate himself um that would be where he falls down and and he acknowledges Mm. that yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah. If it's written out and it's and it's laid out right in front of me, like I'll do it like it's a I guess that results driven or like a process driven um thing for me. Uh I guess yeah, as team sport, you know, you knew you had to go to training on a couple of nights a week and the mm-hmm. game was on a Sunday or whatever. So, you know, that, I guess it's slightly different to to Ironman and and ultra running. Um 
but I think we both have qualities of what you want as a as an athlete in regards to the determination to to get through no matter what. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I probably have slightly different attributes to Ash um, in regards to you know potential speed of like running or um, things like that. But yeah, I think we're our own athletes in our own in our own right, but just in 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 different in different ways. Great. So. I want to move on now to a cause that is really close to you guys. Um, and I suppose I want you to share, firstly, tell us about the cause, but then tell us about your reason, and which is sarcoma. But for a lot of people that out there, including myself, that don't know a lot about sarcoma, can you give us a background on what sarcoma is? Um, yeah, so sarcoma is um, a... A type of um, rare cancer or in Australia it's classified as a rare cancer um, and it's a group of any um, type of cancer that affects the bone or soft tissue of the mm-hmm. body um, unfortunately um, this type of cancer predominantly affects um, children adolescents and young adults uh, so in 2016 350 West Australians were diagnosed with um, sarcoma so as much as we say rare like rare to me would be half a dozen people mm-hmm. like 350 West Australians isn't rare if, if you um, in my opinion and um, the most tragic thing is that 40% of those people won't survive the disease so we're talking about people up to the age of 25 um, I'm hesitant to call them kids because they are young adults but yeah, in my eyes, 25 years old, you're still a kid and mm-hmm. you're faced with um, really what's life's toughest challenge and you have to show this courage and strength of character that's well beyond your years to something that um, really you're rolling the dice in terms of your chance of surviving it. Um, and so, yeah, that's what sarcoma is and, I, and that's the magnitude of it in WA. Um, Nathan can express a bit more. Yeah, yeah. so it's not um, one of the things about sarcoma is it's it's probably not well picked up like early on, and that's probably half the reason why why survival rates are a lot lower because it's not caught early. Um, but yeah, I obviously like I mentioned, I went to Aquinas College, um, but then later in life, um, due to my choices, <laughs> I, I attended university later. Um, and I met up with a young man by the name of Leon Stone, and he was also an ex-Aquinian, and he was 10, 10 years younger than me. Um, so we just formed the friendship of like being at uni, uni mm-hmm. mates together. He was a country boy. Um, I guess yeah, having that bond of both being ex-Aquinian, it was always like good banter with footy, and you know we're sitting at Scotch College, and yeah, we definitely had a good rival with these guys. But you know when you leave school, you you all become mates anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, Leon um, was diagnosed with sarcoma. Um, he was a, like, a fantastic cricketer, um, a great golfer and a, and a really good footballer as well. Um, and it was when he was, um, I guess, that transition from cricket to football and he's like, yeah, I want to have a good, good season this year. And he, he thought he had shin splints. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I guess, the catalyst for him to then go and seek some form of 
um, expert advice um, on on what it might be. And and as he says in in one in one of his um, stories was that he went with his sister and uh, he yeah got the news that he had yeah osteosarcoma sarcoma and yeah as a um, what 19 20 year old to like find that out yeah it was obviously like pretty devastating uh, it was obviously devastating for all of us like you know he kept it quite quiet for a, for a little while and when he when he hadn't come to uni for a, for a week or so like we all knew that something wasn't right um, and eventually eventually shared it but um, throughout the whole like final year and a bit of his life it was yeah it was obviously um, extremely tough for him extremely tough for his family um, and yeah but never once did he kind of uh, ever say you know why me like this is you know this is too hard you know I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna win this battle um, and yeah he did everything he possibly possibly could to survive he um, made the personal choice to get his leg amputated to try and see if they could um, like stem the cancer at that point um, but yeah unfortunately it was just highly aggressive and yeah didn't didn't win the battle so yeah we all kind of took inspiration from from Leon and and his fight so yeah one of them I guess most um most inspiring things from Leon's story is that in that in that year that he um, was going through um, that personal challenge not only did he never complain but he actually wanted to raise awareness of it for other people and so he set up um, an awareness group which was Stoney's Steps Against Sarcoma um, and when he passed away the um, Australian sarcoma group set up a research grant um, that's awarded annually in his name the Leon Stone Memorial Research Group research grant apologies um, and yeah so that's um, ever since been awarded to someone in Australia or New Zealand to investigate it further. So fast forward to today you obviously got the idea um, to get a charity underway do you want to share a bit firstly the name and then how how do you start that and I suppose what's the goal that you're really trying to get across um, so yeah it's 70 70.3 for Stony, and I guess the name was derived from the original 70.3 Iron Man and 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 what we were doing because that was um, how we thought we could help raise some funds was by doing like these kind of extreme events mm-hmm. um, Nathan always um, thought of of Stony when he um, was training for that Ironman. Obviously, Nathan had a switch in his life priorities. Um, he, when he thought, you know, this is going to get tough out there on a course for five hours, um, it's nothing compared to what he went through. And also, um, if he was still alive, Stony would be doing this as well. Like he was just eager to do. Um, anything and everything, um, mm-hmm. be it with a bat and ball or, or something else. So when we stood at Bustleton Foreshore, um, you know, first thing in the morning, the sun's coming up, Nathan's about to dive in to start um, this race that he's trained and committed for. He actually asked me to write in permanent marker Leon's name on his hand and he's like, I just want to know that I can look down at that because I'm 
I am going to suffer and I'm, I'm going to be pushing myself here, but knowing that it's nothing in comparison, but more so that Stoney would do it for me, then I'm not going to give up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so then um, we thought, well, while Nathan has these personal goals of, of training for um, triathlon and then the comrades, why don't we um, just call it 70.3 for Stoney and, and let people know about yeah, this rare type of cancer that um, receives less than 1% of research funds for cancer. Um, so every dollar that's raised in, in Australia, um, you know, naturally all these types of diseases need research and help for people to be able to survive. And we're not at all in the position saying that this cancer is more important than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, kn- you know, the facts are the facts, at least it, it receives less than 1% of that research amount. So more needs to be channeled directly into it, um, especially when it's affecting like our youth. Um, and so we thought we can um, use Nathan's racing as a, um, point to advocate for the disease and then we know that we can channel the funds raised directly into sarcoma research and you know none of it was obviously ever taken for Nathan to race or anything mm-hmm. like that it all just went straight in mm. um, yeah so yeah and it was just a you know I was just a I guess an avatar to for, for awareness more than anything um, you know, a lot of my friends or a lot of Ashley's friends and family probably had never heard of sarcoma. Mm. So I guess it was, we were able to open that window up to them of like, yeah, this, this, this disease exists. Um, and I guess through social media and, and other, you know, all the social medias that, yeah, you can try and get other audiences to, to learn from. So originally we just had a, we had a small goal of raising, I don't know, seven or $8,000 um to to leon's research grant and then we kind of achieved that target so we changed it to 11 and we achieved that one and then we went to 15 and we achieved that and then we put it up to 20 and i think um just at the start of last year whilst we didn't quite get there we were pretty much like like close to to 20 grand over a a couple of years of of advocating and and funding and um you know ash spent a lot of lot of her time um on the social media side of things and advocating for it and, and promoting it and um you know i guess i was the lucky one where i was just the doer of of these events more than um that side of things but mm-hmm. um yeah it was we definitely tried to be a team i know like yeah ash put in a lot of work to to get it all to happen and and to get the funding um and yeah, we we did uh, we've done two small ch- um, charity five k events mm-hmm. like for Leon, and and raised some money then. And yeah, this year um, we've yeah we've obviously done the run, but we'll try and just look to do an event um, of some description next year. Hasn't really been decided yet, but yeah, it's it's Leon's legacy that he's left behind. So to continue to try and raise money for it, I think is is a is a fairly good way to to keep his name name going and whatever we can do to help that um you know is is positive so yeah it's amazing effort after two years you know just for a couple of you to 
and I suppose it shows how generous the community is as mm. well. Yeah. But like you said, the event is almost meaningless, but it's there mm. to also... You might just be spending 10 minutes with somebody next to you and by wearing your hat, it's like, oh, what's the hat for? Where did you get that from? Mm. And it happens to me when I wear the hat, you know, people are like, oh, what's the story behind this? And We have more to and, sell. Yeah, I was going to get to... Yeah, so where can... I suppose, where can we find you? Um, if people want to make a donation, if they want to buy the hats... Um, um, yeah, give as much information as possible if you can share. Yeah, so um, all a couple of um, Stoney's other mates organise like a golf day and, mm-hmm. and events and things. So um, we use an Everyday Hero page um, to channel the funds. So if people just were interested in making um, an outright donation to a really good cause, they can find it through the Everyday Hero website under 70.3 for Stoney. Um, we're also um on facebook and instagram um and we can um receive messages through there for um hat sales and and that sort of thing um nathan and i are um the distance we don't know yet but we'll be at the um perth running festival so the run in october that finishes in um optus stadium and yeah it'd be incredible if if we could run past and see people wearing their um, any race, any pace hats, because that's what it's about. Um, as I've always said, um, you know, you everyone's a runner mm-hmm. and um, you can make a difference if you're signing up to do 4K and like you said earlier, when you tell someone next to you, oh, um, well, I'm here because I want to do it for me, but also I heard about this young man from Esperance and he lost his life to sarcoma. Um, and so I'm running for him as well. Um, then it's one more person that knows about it than, than um, the numbers that did, you know, before that race gun went off. So um, that's sort of where the catch cry this time around of um, any race, any pace um, came about. And yeah, so the, the sale of any of those hats, um, again, goes straight to the research funding. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, it's not just, like I try to keep saying, and when I tell people, it's not just about, um, you know, you and I running mm-hmm. 90 kilometres or doing an Ironman event. It's, it's any event. Like, just, yeah, get involved. And it's it's just one more person in the community to, yeah, stay fit and healthy or, yeah, also advocate for something that they believe in as well. Um, but, yeah, like Ash said, we're on Instagram, Facebook, um, can take messages. And, yeah, it's all, all to Everyday Hero and then all to... To Leon's research grant, which yeah gets gets allocated every year, and last year I was lucky enough to be invited to talk at their national conference, and it was the first time it had ever been held in uh, Western Australia. So you know it was a huge honour to be able to tell my story, but then also or our story, um, but then also tell Leon's story. And whilst my delivery might have <laughs> not been um, as professional as some of the other previous. Um, like opening speakers um yeah it was it was a huge honor and yeah i was obviously quite emotional about the story but a lot of people came up afterwards and said you know it puts a um it makes it real Mm -hmm. you forget that it's real and it is it is families um it is their you know 20 year old son that's passed away and you know um yeah it obviously leaves a hole in in their family but they the stone family um frank and trish and uh, Nicole and Kyle and, and, and their partners and their, and their little ones are, you know, extremely grateful to, um, to Ash and I and then also another mate of his, Sam, that, that runs the golf day that 
you know, that we that we do this for their for their son and yeah, really it's it's an honour more than anything else. So yeah. Awesome. We're the lucky ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well thanks guys. Appreciate your time and yeah, hopefully the listeners obviously get to learn about you guys a bit more but also um a cause that obviously should get more airtime and the more people that know um the more they can go into any research and yeah thanks for joining Mate, see how we go thanks for having yeah. us on it's yeah it's been great to i think share. we had enough of the trees have fallen on us <laughs> and <laughs> yeah cheers mate thanks again nathan ash for the chat it was very informative and once again listeners for anybody who would like to make a contribution, please visit the Everyday Hero page. And if you'd like to purchase a hat, please head over to their Facebook or Instagram page of 70.3 for Stony and make contact with Ash and Nath through there. Thanks again.